Professor Jones and the Digs. Professor Jones and the Digs. Professor Jones and the Digs. <laughs> yo, yo. And welcome to the Professor Jones and the Digs podcast. My name is Dave Jones, and I am the Professor. My name is Danny Jones, and I am the Digs. Professor Jones and the Digs is a podcast dedicated to the art of film and cinema. And this week, we are continuing in our search and our hunt for the perfect extraterrestrial or alien movie and i think we already found it but we're going to continue our search anyway (laughs) (laughs) and we found it pretty quick Uh, we found it with the first one we got out the treasure map and the x was on our spot but we're going to continue and just keep walking and see what happens so we're continuing with science this week m night Shyamalan's uh Great flick. Uh, so excited to talk about it. It's in my top 10 favorite movies. We're going to get to that. Um, but I'm going to start off with a bro down. And this bro down is very fitting for the theme that we have selected for the next couple weeks or months. Um, and Shane Black has dropped his trailer for The Predator, which is coming out sometime in December. And um, I just want to say my initial reaction to this trailer is I am certainly whelmed. That was definitely you cannot argue with me. That was a trailer for a movie. And (laughs) I honestly I don't even know what to say about it because it's like, yeah, I okay on paper with Shane Black as director. Shane Black is a fantastic director. He directed uh, uh, Kiss Kiss Bang Bang, uh, Iron Man 3, also the Kiss, or excuse me, uh, The Nice Guys was very great. Um, he wrote Lethal Weapon. He starred, or not starred, but he was one of the side characters in the original Predator. And I mean, it's got a pretty stacked cast. Uh, so I feel like this should be a good movie. That trailer was not very great and i just don't know no, how to feel it really about wasn't. it so yeah how what are, what are your reactions to this trailer because i'm i'm like i don't i don't know how to feel about it because i was very excited for this movie and after that trailer it's like all right <laughs> well yeah i don't know i feel like um no schwarzenegger no me <laughs> you know I mean? um, no um i just feel like they needed like one more like a-list celebrity if that makes sense, this right. cast from what I've seen so far just kind of has just kind of like the B squad running in there against the, uh, it looks like predator two or something like that. Or like, right. it's like when they brought in I Danny Glover you're like, Hmm, you know, we kind of like Carl Danny, Weathers. But, so <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I mean, you throw Carl uh, Weathers in there. You got a stew going, baby. That's what I'm saying. Here we go, baby. Yeah. I don't know. I, I like the casting. I think that maybe Olivia's cool. Olivia Munn. I feel like Dungus. (laughs) (laughs) I I never. It's like every. I always want to love Olivia Munn, Dungus Fletch, Uh, Fletcher. Is it (laughs) Munn? Harry Potter character. But I always want to love Olivia Munn because she's great. Like, but I I just don't think that I don't think she necessarily has. Has she really been in that much? I don't even know what else she's. Yeah, she's in random stuff. She's in the newsroom, which I really liked her in, actually. Um, Okay. Yeah, and she was in 
uh, she was in, you know, the X-Men apocalypse, whatever, but, but, you know, she was in monk. <laughs> yeah. Sterling, Sterling Brown, the guy from, uh, the OJ Simpson, whatever, you know, story that was really good. Uh, but the yeah. big one for me is that Jacob Tremblay is in there and I'm still trembling from his work in the room oh, a couple of years baby. later. <laughs> Dude, that kid is such a good actor, man in room. He's freaking incredible. So I'm excited for his career and I'm excited to see him doing something, uh, something big and something new. Uh, so I'll support that kid's acting career, but, um, yeah, I don't know. I don't want to say that this movie's going to be a stinker, but, uh, it could be, and Sh- and Shane Black's great. I I have the utmost respect for that well, guy. He's a great director. A, uh, you got a spoiled banana peel in there. Uh, <laughs> is, that, is is he peel? He's peel, right? Oh yeah, is it, it is. Yeah. yeah, I think it peel. is. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I just don't know. I just don't know. Like, I didn't really see enough Predator in the trailer as well. Also, for all the advertisements leading up to it, they had like that lightning thing. I saw that a couple times online, like the lightning predator outline thing. And I was kind of hoping maybe they'd show that just because it's so cool. But right, right. I don't know. It didn't do enough to capture really my so, attention. What's going on? So, like, the kid has the alien stuff in his room, and that's like a beacon. And, he got a and box so the predator is coming. And now he's like, I don't know. And they're coming to, they're going to every planet. And they're, what did she say? Like, they're hybrid. She had some word. They're like creating hybrids of themselves, but she like said hybrid hybridization or something. I, I don't know. It was a weird word. The hybridizing, yeah, hybridizing or something. I, I don't know what that was. Um, but they're creating hybrids of themselves. Is what I assumed is that they're merging their DNA Hydras. with ours or something like that. Um, which why do we have to keep doing that? Why are we taking like all the cool stuff that we love from the eighties or the nineties? You know, it's like Jurassic Park. The new Jurassic World, it's like, what if it was a T-Rex and a Velociraptor mixed together? Wouldn't that be yeah. crazy? And it's like, no, that'd a be stupid. A T-Rex and a Palomino. <laughs> <laughs> they go pounding around, you know? Yeah, I know. Uh, but, yeah, I, I, don't, I don't know, man. It's <laughs> we mix, mix a T-Rex and a Bulldog. That's the big villain in the next one. <laughs> Called it a T-Bone. No, I don't know. Hey! hey not bad. Um, not bad. Could be something better there, but we'll move on. <laughs> uh, but, but it's just like, why? Why does this hybrid thing have to always be the case? Why do we? Why do we always have to go bigger and better? I think that, I think that what could make this successful is if they actually did return to the original storyline, and it mm-hmm. was just. I mean, what made the original Predator movie so cool? And maybe we'll talk about this in an upcoming con or podcast. I'm not sure. Um, but what made it so cool is that it's so simple in nature. It's a bunch of, you know, it's a bunch military guys that are out there somewhere in south america I and can't they're remember. on just like a normal military mission yeah. you know they're just doing normal stuff and then an alien shows up yeah and then an invisible alien starts killing them from the trees it's like that thing writes itself and in it's the last so like 30 minutes of predator there's like not even any conversation it's just arnold schwarzenegger running around with mud on him going like oh we're gonna dodge this predator and it's great the hell with you <laughs> yeah stick around uh, stick I mean, around. he's got some good one-liners oh you, you are one ugly if any, I mean, yeah, if anybody uh, is listening to this and and you like Arnold Schwarzenegger, just look up on YouTube. I think it's ten minutes of Arnold Schwarzenegger's best one-liners, and it just right. goes back to back to back to back. It's one of the best watches you'll yeah. you'll ever see. It's very yeah. much worth it. Actually, we'll get, we'll go ahead and post that on the uh, Professor Jones Facebook after this. So totally, uh, you know that. So I I think that this one I think it could be good. Um, 
I think that maybe hopefully we didn't really see the actual tone of this movie because Shane Black is a really funny director and he's a funny writer and you know in a lot of his previous work that's that's what yeah, you he's see kind of black and white ah very yeah. nice um there ain't there ain't no Shane in that <laughs> you know what I'm saying <laughs> um but uh, I mean I th- he's a very funny director and he works well with comedy and action and I think that if this movie, I think that the plot might seem a little bit more ridiculous and kind of far-fetched, but if it's kind of that Guardians of the Galaxy funny feel with it, where it's super, it's cheesy, but it's also clever, I don't know. I think I think we could have something good. Um, this trailer didn't do anybody any favors, though. It definitely wasn't a solid, it wasn't a great trailer. And Who's the blonde guy? Is that the guy from... Uh he was in uh, logan no, i don't know he was in he's in some tv he show that i can't remember logan. yeah he was in logan no he looks like draco malfoy though he does he looks like what, what's that kid's name uh, uh i don't know tom oh. DeLong. just kidding oh, i'm not gonna remember um that's a shame but anyway so the predator seamus it's a shame Okay, you move on with yours though. Let's let's dig into your bro down. Okay. Um well the funny enough, I mean I saw that that trailer. Oh Tom Felton. Um, mm. Didn't Tom have to Felton, look it up. Yeah. Sorry. Um I was Felton that one. I I don't know. Uh really going for these. <laughs> just, <laughs> you are reaching. It's like everything you say, I'm not even listening. I'm just listening for You're trying keywords. to get a pun off of it. Um task at hand, buddy. Yeah, yeah, very punny. Uh, uh, uh <laughs> no, actually, this is a side story. I'll go on with my bro down after this. So today I was working and uh, these two were, were in at the restaurant and they were waiting for a banker to come in. And so I said, you know what? The last time I was at a bank, I was with my football team and we went to get our quarterback. <laughs> and so <laughs> I said, did you that. actually say that to people? I did. Yeah, I said that to those two. And so they kind of went. Oh, okay. I see what you did there. And so the banker shows up. He finally shows up and uh, they have their lunch, whatever. They have a great time. Um, and so those two leave and it's just the banker sitting there. And, <laughs> and I <laughs> and I go, you know, the last time I was in a... <laughs> <laughs> and told the same exact joke. And That's goes, beautiful. Uh, and I just, I don't know. I was dying inside. Anyway, with my bro down. Um, He's all, they told me that you said that joke before they left. <laughs> <laughs> he told me in the bathroom, he said that, that you were going to say that. Um, so uh, this morning in the news, I was just looking and I've, I've known this for a while, but. um, Are you, That uh, Iran my, thing. But, uh, the hostages that were released last night, um, <laughs> no, I'm kidding. <laughs> just, we don't get that political on here. So usually with our bro downs, we're going movie news. I'd love to have, no, I mean, we can talk about other stuff, but we don't actually want to talk about anything that's meaningful. This is supposed to be just fun. Yeah. Um, so Mike Myers came out and said that he would love to make an Austin powers Four happen soon I read and he wants too. it be he wants it to be from the perspective of dr evil and it's something that i feel like we've been waiting for for a long time i've i've honestly been waiting for anything mike myers to happen in the last 10 years uh after love guru and whatever else i mean did you ever even see the love guru i didn't no. i didn't either it got such horrible reviews that i just like, i just doubt it yeah, and the thing is, I, I hold him in such high esteem that 
I have a hard time. Like I had a hard time even wanting to watch that movie because I just don't want to see him in a bad light, I guess. Right. Um, but yeah, so I, I really want that to happen. Um, I think he's still young enough to make that work and make it, make it funny. And he's just the best man. I mean, Mike Myers is, is definitely one of my favorite comedians, um, or at least comedic actors to ever live. And so, um, just your thoughts on that. And, well, I think and what do you think? Well, I think that I think that the the crux of it is, is that Mike Myers. There's probably you know there's the Chris Farley's of the world, there's the Jim Carrey's that do have these performances that are ridiculous. But I think that Mike Myers is probably the most clever out of all those guys. It's like mm-hmm. it's all Mike Myers, and you know that it is, and so it's beautiful. And I mean, yeah, I love Wayne's World. I love Austin Powers. I love a lot of his stuff on SNL. So I married an axe murderer is great as well. But um. I, you know, I, I would totally be excited about another Austin Powers. I don't really get the from Dr. Evil's point of view because in the second and third one, it's like 50% from Dr. Evil's point of view anyway. So I, I, I don't know That's what that would, true. I don't know what that would do. You know, it's like, I don't know why that would change anything. Are, are we ditching Austin Powers? Would it be just Dr. Evil? I, Cause I think that that could be funny. Um, and that's, and that's something in the second and third Austin Powers that, I just get so serious talking about these comedies. <laughs> and that's something that, <laughs> and that's something really that I really did. But really, no, yeah. like in the second and third Austin Powers, Austin Powers becomes less funny and Dr. Evil becomes way more funny. Uh-huh. Like his intro in the second one is fantastic. And then he becomes even more ridiculous in the third one. Um, yeah. And obviously Vern Troyer is a huge part of that. And he died like a couple weeks ago. So that's unfortunate. Um, mm, rest but in peace. I think that he could be funny. I didn't, I never thought gold member was that funny. Um, I always thought, I mean, I thought that character was okay. It's maybe it's just the fact that I love gold phrase got overused so many times. Like so many people. It's like Napoleon Dynamite. Yeah, exactly. Napoleon Dynamite was the funniest movie you'd ever seen the first time you saw it. And then over the, the next few months, it was quoted so much by every person yeah. in the world that it you seems just like started. It seems like that's like the entire comedic conversation for a number of years is that everybody uh-huh. was just sitting there regurgitating Napoleon dynamite and, uh, Austin powers quotes. And it's like, okay, mm-hmm. good. <laughs> this, those are great. You know, nobody's arguing against it. It was funny. <laughs> yeah. Those are undeniably amazing, hilarious movies. We got to start getting some original comedy out. And that's, I mean, it's I, getting I, yeah. old. It's getting <laughs> old. <laughs> that's good. Nice. Very good. Um, but yeah, I, I think that that could be awesome. Um, yeah, in a world where we're making Dumb and Dumber two, let's please do another Austin Powers movie. Because let's do another Austin Powers and have it be. Hey man, know. here's a deal. They just made Super Troopers two. What do you feel about Super Troopers? Um, you know, I thought it was funny, but it's I, it's not like I feel like some people hold it up as like a cult classic or something like that. You know, right, it's, it's one right. of the funny staples to ever come out. I just don't think the catalog of these people's comedies is too in depth. The broken lizard guys. Yeah. I mean, I I mean, I'm more so talking about the fans of this movie because right, right. I mean, I go back to, you know, and and I'm fortunate to have been raised on these because they're before my time. Um, But, you know, black sheep, Tommy boy, uh, dumb and dumber, all the happy Madison films. Being raised on those, Ace Ventura, all Adam of Jim Sandler, Carey which stuff. is another conversation all in itself, but he it was amazing back in the day. But I feel like if you're going to say Super Troopers is one of the funnier movies that 
has ever come out, you haven't explored enough. I could name like I could name 25 movies funnier than Super Troopers, you know. And so I don't know if it necessarily deserved a sequel, but they went ahead and did it. And I didn't have a problem with it, really. But then I heard that it was just awful. And I really have no right to talk because I didn't see it. Yeah, Um, I could name like 50 movies that are funnier than Super Troopers. I didn't mean to. That sounded crappy. Twenty five. No, that's and that's and I feel like judgy saying that because. It seems like everybody's like, oh, this guy doesn't like Super Troopers, you know, but I'm sorry. I don't get it. I feel like I feel like that whole beer fest, Super Troopers, all that stuff, even in high school when those movies were coming out, I remember not thinking it was funny. I remember being like, this seems like cheap shock value humor to me, and I'm not a big fan of it, but I just pretended to like it. And I even would quote it because I that's what the general consensus was that people liked it. And I just. I don't like it. I don't like Super Troopers. I don't like any of the Broken Lizard stuff. I'm coming out and I'm coming clean and I don't Whoa. like them. Serious. Slam and Salmon, Beer Fest. None of it's funny to me. Get this guy a liter of cola. Uh, <laughs> oh, God. I mean, it's kind I mean, I don't know. Come on, David. Pull over. Right, meow? Uh, he's already pulled over. You can't that, pull okay, over that is, That's funny. That, that I think scene that's is the funny. funniest scene in the movie. Yeah. I really do. It's the expression of that blonde guy and the way that he does that. It's uh, it's hilarious. But that guy looked this, like Kurt Cobain to me. This. Yeah, he kind of did. You break this down, though, into these two categories of people and the comedies. If I say pull over, do you think what Dumb do you think of? Yeah, exactly. No, it's Cardigan. I say pull thanks over, for noticing. Exactly. Like. I could say pull over and some people would go, oh, Super Troopers, that scene, that's so funny. Or it's a cardigan, but thanks for noticing. Name the main character in Bugs Life. Ah, oh, man. Oh, I thought you would know it. Flick. Nice. Good work, dude. Oh, <laughs> I got nervous. I was like, oh, God. <laughs> I, I got nervous, too. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Name the main character in Bugs Life. Sorry, that's that was funny to me. Um, yeah, but that scared me. That was yeah. um, well, okay. It's because I know that. Okay, anyway. So yeah, I, uh, I I'm 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 in though. Austin Powers four. Let's go for it, please. I welcome it. That would be amazing. Four um, more years. Yeah. So what do you say? Should we dig into the signs? Is it time? Let's do it. I think. Um. Okay. Do you want me to give my initial thoughts here? I love it. Okay, um, so I had signs down on my top 10 favorite movies, and I believe it was number seven or eight, somewhere around there. Um, maybe it was nine. I can't remember. Um, it was in my top 10 favorite movies, and I think I still agree with that statement. Uh, this was the first time that I've watched that film since we've been doing this podcast and I think that I've been looking at films a lot more critically lately and trying to kind of evaluate what went into the production and, you know, like how the writing is and, and just, just thinking about them more as a whole. Um, Mm -hmm. and I think that this movie is extremely well directed for the most part. Uh, I think that the biggest thing is that this movie is completely carried by incredible performances. The 
all of the actor actors in this are firing on all cylinders. And I think that that is what makes this movie stand out. I think that there, this would be a really good jump scare movie. And I think that M night Shyamalan puts together a really good story. And I'm going to get into some of that and some of the problems that I might have with that a little bit later. Um, and I'm being way harder on this than I, than I should, because I do love this movie, but I think how, Ow. I think that there are there are problems with it that probably should be discussed though, and so I do want to discuss those. Mm-hmm. Um, I do, I do absolutely love this movie though; it's in my top ten favorite movies. Um, and I think that Shyamalan is a great storyteller. I think that he is terrible at writing dialogue sometimes, and there is some of the dialogue can, in this I can movie agree with that. that I, I was just like, man, this is not good, you know, and. And we make fun of it a lot because we we've seen this movie so many times. There's specific scenes. You know exactly what scene I'm talking about Uh that are they're comical. How bad the dialogue is getting your toes licked by beautiful women. (laughs) Don't even say it. (laughs) I know. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. We'll go into it. But um, anyway, I think that. Yeah, I think that M. Night Shyamalan is a great director, but this movie is more about the performances for me. Um, I think that the story is beautiful. I love the you know, discussing a man who's lost his faith and, you know, this trial and tribulation in which he regains his faith because, and we'll get into that as well. Um, but it's, it's an interesting film. That's for sure. I think that this is probably M Knight's um, his most popcorn flick. I think this is probably the one that appeals to the masses the most. Um, you know, he comes out with six cents and it's just objectively amazing. Everybody loves a six cents. It has this beautiful twist that is so good. And then he comes out with unbreakable like two years later in 1999 or 2000 and unbreakable is also awesome. Um, but it's not as well loved by it's the not masses. The same. It doesn't, yeah. it doesn't do as well, uh, commercially. And so this one's more of a crowd pleaser, but I think that a biggest, the biggest problem with this, and that's why so many people have such a negative reaction to this film is that he's, he's known as the twist guy. There's a twist in so- or six sense and there's a twist in unbreakable. And in this one, there's not really like a twist, you know, no. it's kind of just, I mean, the water thing is kind of a twist, but it's just a good story. It's just a good story. And I think mm-hmm. that it doesn't need to be anything more than that. So I'm going to hate on this movie a little bit because I feel like I have to kind of represent the other side of things because I think that you're going to be higher on it than I am on, on this podcast. And I think that that's good. But I do want to say that I do love this movie and I think it's one of the most amazing movies ever. Um, but I do have to vent about M. Night a little bit. So anyway, you go on. I just talked for forever. So. Um, yeah, I, you know, just like pretty much every movie we do on here, I just hated it. Um, I hate movies. <laughs> no. Um, yeah, I mean, we, we've watched this movie for a long time and I, I, I agree when you say it's his most popcorn flick ish movie <laughs> because it really is. Um, but it's just so well done. The thing that I like about this movie is that it tackles really hardcore issues in such an easy way. I mean, the two, a couple of the, the biggest topics that anybody talks about, like the biggest topics of our time, um, are either science and aliens in space or faith and religion. Right. And this movie somehow brings those together. Usually most movies, it's either one or the other. And somehow this movie makes it seem extremely cohesive and makes them coexist in a way that is beautiful. Um, 
Well, just to, so, sorry to interject. I think that that's a really good point because many people would see the existence of aliens as almost proof that God doesn't exist. Doesn't exist. You know, you yeah. know, that might be, I mean, I'm not, I, I think that that's a reasoning that a lot of people would make, you know? So that's, that's a good and point. He uses, and it's like, he uses, <laughs> he uses aliens, which, you know, to your point exactly, which would make somebody not believe in God completely restore this man's faith. <laughs> and so like, I don't know. It's just incredible. I completely agree with the dialogue because there, are, there is definitely. I, I mean, as I've watched, uh, you know, three of his movies in the past week and a half, he does have little lulls in his movies. Also, the fact that he always has to act in his movies, uh, I feel like he's not the best actor in the world. And oh, so, don't worry. You, you I was, was going to get to it, man. I, I was okay, going to get to okay, that. Yeah, yeah, we'll get to it. Yeah, that's. So, I'm glad that you. I'm you know, glad that you agreed though, because I felt like I was going to. I was worried that you were going to defend M night in that scene. Incredible. Um, (laughs) Because I didn't know. I don't know, you know, um, but yeah, I know, but yeah, it's just, it's such a good movie, but the cast dude, you know, you got Joaquin Phoenix and then Mel Gibson, which is arguably like my favorite actor of all time. It's, it's tough for me to, to choose because I really love Tom Hardy and I love Tom Hardy. Um, but I also like Mad Max. Yeah. Um, Good point. But I, I love uh, Leonardo DiCaprio as well. I think there's, you know, Heath Ledger. There's Tom a Hanks. lot of actors that are incredible. Tom, Tommy, uh, Tommy Hanks, Tommy Dubs. Mr. Banks. Um, Mr. Banks. But Mel Gibson just has this way about him. And uh, I was watching a little bit of behind the scenes, and M. Night Shyamalan was kind of emphasizing that as well. Like, as soon as he stepped on the set, everybody's like, here we go. You know? Um, With Mel? Because... Yeah, with Mel, yeah. because it's just, you know what you're getting, and, and well, he's such a, he's just such a hardcore emotional actor that it's like, it doesn't even matter if your dad looks like him. You know, I feel <laughs> like our dad kind of looks like him, but like, your dad could be like a tall redhead um, or something like that and look nothing like the guy, and you're still kind of picturing like some sort of father figure, just because he just hammers it home, man. He's He's incredible, so... Um, and those aliens are spooky. <laughs> and <everybody laughs> yeah, uh, no. Well, so I think that that's a really good point because did you know that this movie, this, so this movie costs $70 million to make, mm-hmm. which is pretty expensive considering the fact that it's just the story of one family in a farmhouse while aliens attack and the aliens are shown for like two minutes total in the, I total, know. in the movie. Um, so $70 million is what this movie costs to make. Mel Gibson got paid $25 million. What? Yeah, he got paid $25 million. I think Joaquin Phoenix made something like a million and a half. Like, it's oh insane, dude. Gosh. But they but they know that like people are gonna go see the new Mel, Mel Gibson movie. And oh man, it's just crazy. It's that insane. Is insane. I know. But I mean, that's probably a big reason why this movie was so successful. And it's undeniable that Mel Gibson is an incredible actor. So I mean, I'm not gonna stand by anything that Mel Gibson has ever said in his personal life, but I will never stop loving his movies because I know on I screen know. he is incredible. Like he is so good. Mm -hmm. And I think it must, it's interesting watching this movie because he's, he's at a interesting point in his life because 95, he gets the, you know, he, he does Braveheart and he's freaking incredible. And so for M night, this guy that's made two big films and a couple smaller ones, um, he's got to see Mel Gibson walk in and be like, Oh gosh, 
this guy directed like a best picture winner, <laughs> you know, it's like, yeah, that's intimidating yeah. man to direct that guy. So, I mean, it's, that's a cool dynamic. I think in this movie, because before he said, you know, he said Sammy J's had Bruce Willis, but I mean, Mel Gibson's a whole different thing, but then you have Joaquin Phoenix who also is at a great point in his career. He's coming off of, uh, he did gladiator in 2000 and this is what, two years later. And mm-hmm. so he's, he's establishing his name, but he's not quite, in the public eye and i love his character in this because he immediately is the cool young guy you know Mm -hmm. and you see this side of joaquin phoenix because we all hate joaquin phoenix in gladiator yeah he's the worst after gladiator yeah commodus is just the worst character ever um and so in this movie he it's a totally different person and i think both of their acting chops are just unreal and i mean the two child child actors uh Abigail Breslin and Rory Culkin are also yep. both great. Um, did they Dakota not have the Fanning budget for Macaulay, Macaulay Culkin? <laughs> I know, right? They Elijah used Wood up. and Ellie Fanning. <laughs> they already used um, almost the well. Two thousand two, Elijah Wood would have been like twenty five. <laughs> well, <laughs> he's still probably <laughs> he's still could have played a nine year old. <laughs> How old was? Well, that was uh, no Lord of the Rings would have been two thousand. It was like right Four, around 2005. 2005. So yeah, he was something. probably closer to 20, 18, 19, something. God, those movies are good. Oh, man. Let's just talk about that. thing I love, I I love about Fellowship is, yeah, no, is uh, <laughs> it's Boromir, 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 Boromir. Hey, Boromir. He's <laughs> my background right now on my iPhone. Um, I'm trying to think about anything else to set up the set up the story here. Uh, I wanted to get a lot of that preliminary stuff um, off my chest. Uh, but, yeah. Also... This is, I think, probably the scariest alien movie out there, hands down. There's nothing that's scarier than this. Scariest alien movie out there? This scares you more than, like, watching Alien? Oh, yeah, dude. Really? Well, Alien doesn't scare me anymore. Hmm. Hmm. I'm just trying to think now. I don't I know. Mean, it's, it, there's something about this movie that freaks me out, and it's 100% James Newton Howard. <laughs> I know, it absolutely the, the, is. The music well, yeah, is so terrifying. He looks outside the window, and he sees the alien, and like you'd see it and be like, oh, what is that? But James Newton Howard just goes, <laughs> and you're like, oh, I know, that? that's the thing. The music yeah. is insane. It's so scary. Yeah. Uh, also, that should be said. James Newton Howard kills oh, it with this score dude it. he just kills it. he destroys it it's Beauty, so baby. good man just knocks it out of the park um i think Fig that newton he well he because him and him and m Knight had worked together on unbreakable and the sixth sense and m Knight uh sent him a bunch of the storyboards for this film and so uh, James Newton Howard, while while he was working on other projects, was writing the movie, writing the music for this movie. Um, wow! Before production had even started, he just had like the theme in his mind, and he has that that little mo- motif, the da na na, and that's like yeah. this, it's sent. That's the entire theme of the movie is just centered around those three notes being repeated, just da na na, da na na, da na na, and it's beautiful. I watched this whole thing with him on it, and it was freaking sick. Um, Great, yeah, yeah. But anyway, so James Newton Howard can't deny how amazing that guy is so movie starts little girl screams smell gibson wakes up and it's horrifying <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah uh i think they said in the behind the scenes a very james bond-esque beginning how wakes up kind of immediately throws you into the action right right and uh 
and slowly introduces you to the characters one by one. Right, um, right. Everybody gets their moment. I love Joaquin Phoenix. Joaquin, Joaquin Phoenix, sliding out of bed, just walking. Walking Phoenix. He's incredible, man. He's so um, good. It's so hard, though, not to picture Scary Movie 3 when I watch this movie. Scary Movie 3 has almost ruined <laughs> freaking scenes of this. It's like you know, him waking up. I expect him to hit his head on a bell. <laughs> the thing, the problem, the thing that actually with this is that I have not seen that movie in a long time. And the sign stuff is over my head. Like, I don't, I don't remember it. Um, and I talked talking to some friends the other night i was like yeah we're gonna do talk about signs on the podcast and they're like oh it's gonna be like scary movie three references and i was like i don't remember scary movie three to be honest i remember a lot of the the stuff (laughs) the the references from the ring but not as much from signs so so it's it's hard (laughs) if you've seen that movie a lot it's really tough to uh to try to blank that out right right it's really tough yeah. But so so what do you think about this? I mean, this concept of the movie is that there that he wakes up and his kids are out there and there is a crop circle in your crop. Now, this is something that actually happens in the world. I mean, these these crop circles do exist and I think that it is terrifying and I think that that's a great launching point for a movie is mm-hmm. what it would be like to be a farmer whose crops how that happened. You know, and so I think that I think it's a beautiful storyline in that sense and also terrifying because you're on this isolated farm area and there might be aliens that have. Well, imagine being a farmer and obviously people know about crop circles, but then seeing it happen to your own, you'd just be like, oh, and imagine if it was one of those like crazy complex ones, you know, you'd just be like, what? Yeah, you're it's like, there's no way somebody things. did that. No I way know. somebody did this. And that's what's spooky, though. That stirs a whole nother thing. That is what's spooky, though, David. <laughs> I know. That's why we're on the ultimate quest. But <laughs> aliens are concerned, because they are dude. scary, dude. Some things have come to light. Um, but yeah, I, I think that that's, that's a great launching point. Um, I, I really, what do you think about the, the animals all getting spooked at the beginning? That is one of the worst. Oh, gosh. You know, I talked about this last week with E.T. and how I just don't like it when animals die or get hurt and stuff. Um, Yeah. I have a hard time watching. For some reason, this, because, I mean, German Shepherds are maybe my favorite, you know, probably my favorite kind of pet, you know, because we grew up with them and stuff. Probably my favorite Uh, type of animal. Yeah, favorite type of animal. Pretty close. I mean, chimpanzees, obviously, but um, yeah, like a mink. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like a good parrot. You know. Yeah, I love baboons. Uh, my favorite. Um, but I don't know. For some reason, the scene in this film, and when he, you know, walks up, and the kid has already gotten the German Shepherd because it flipped on on uh, on the little daughter. What's her name again? Sorry. Bo, Bo, Bo. That's um, how that's how Houdini died, you know. <laughs> that's how Houdini died, you know. Um, the dog's name was Houdini. <laughs> oh, is it really? Yeah, the dog's name was Houdini. Oh, uh, um, but yeah, the, the that scene in this film doesn't really get me as much as others do. It's it still stinks, you know. It's still not a fun thing to watch, but uh, it's not like the I Am Legend. Oh yeah, yeah. That one, that one's rough. That one's pretty rough. 
Okay, so something that something that this movie does really really effectively though is that I think that it it addresses what would actually happen in this scenario. Maybe not entirely realistically, but you know, like when the Cherry Jones, the police officer that shows up, you know, she's like a lot of animals have been acting really weird. It's like they're they're being super aggressive and defensive, like they act like when a predator's around or something like that. It's small little things like that that they have you on edge. And that's and that's where M. Night Shyamalan is so successful, is that he creates this entire feel of this movie. There's this there's this sense of impending doom, and you know that something horrible is gonna happen you know at any time and it's just you're on edge the entire movie and it's and it's very effective in that way um i have to say cherry jones that uh actress she's a great actress i cannot stand the character sometimes some of the stuff she says just like ugh, drives you insane well um, it actually makes up for like one of the little com like comedic bits in the movie with her and joaquin phoenix Right. Merrill, where they're talking about the uh, the women's Olympic runners. He's yeah. like, okay. <laughs> Aside from it being an Olympic Scandinavian runner, what are our other options? What are other, you know, it's like, what okay, other, what else might it, could it possibly be or something can, like that? I agree with you. You know, I think she, uh, she is kind of a little much. Sometimes, sometimes, but she's also very, very good in some films she, or in yeah, some see, scenes. That's so it's, she's that's pretty good stuff. in the scene, uh, you know, in like the main scene that that you know Mel Gibson showing up to the to the uh, the scene. Yeah. You know, so. let's not talk about it yet. It's too good. I, I just can't talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, and, and so and so from there, you know, they they wake up, they see the crop circle. He talks to her, whatever, and then. It's later that night that the daughter wakes him up in the middle of the night, right? And there's a monster mm-hmm. outside my window. Can I get a glass of water? And he's talking to her, and they have a conversation. But then he turns, and he looks out the freaking window, and there's a damn alien standing an on, alien. on the roof. And it on is like, oh, my gosh. And you know what? The first time that you saw this movie, you probably didn't notice it. You know? It's only no, I, now I don't that, remember noticing that until, like, a couple years ago or something. I don't remember noticing it either the first time I watched it. Actually, story time. Danny and I watched this movie together for the first time when we were, I was a freshman. I was a freshman in high school and you were in fifth grade and we watched it as a family and we had bunk beds with each other because I was still making that room downstairs. I was making it into my own room. So we were sleeping in the bunk beds upstairs and we were both laying there in the same room. So, you know, you'd think after a scary movie, at least we're in the same room, but I heard Danny's voice come from the top bunk and you went, dude, I'm so scared. Can I come sleep with you? And I was like, come on in pal. Come on. Come on. I was, come on down, I was like buddy. 15 years old and I was still so scared from this movie. It's horrifying. Is you most- know, it's funny because I think the second time I ever watched this movie, um, our dad was working one summer on a train, um, in Montana and uh, he let me come right on the train for a little while, like a week or something like that. I forget how long. And so I went on the train and one night he was like, hey, you can watch a movie in this 
you know, train car, whatever you want to watch. And so by myself as like a little 11 year old boy, I picked signs to watch alone on a, in a train car (laughs) at night. And I remember that that was the time that it scared me like so much. I got, I don't know. It's yeah, it's scary. I don't know what scares me more though. This or paranormal, paranormal activity. I don't know which movie. The first time watching scared me more. Paranormal activity. Hands down. It's it's horrifying, dude. Well, it's because they're both. I mean, I don't want to say realistic because, um, you know, we haven't aliens haven't come down and attacked a city yet or anything like that. We don't know what aliens would be like. Yeah, we don't know what they'd be like. But uh, they are like plausible things. They're things that are talked about. And so like paranormal activity and this are two things that are like, you just kind of feel like there's something going on. You know what I mean? And it just gives you the willies. You watch it and you're like, gosh, that could happen. And that would really suck. Well, that's when people say that they like, you know, some people are so afraid of like many females are really afraid of a dude breaking into their house, you know, and the, the fear that they have. And it's understandable. That's not like a fear that I have that much because if it's going to happen, it's going to happen. And you know what? I guess I'll try to fight it off. You know, it's just another guy. Anyway, if an invisible demon is coming at me, there's nothing I can do with that. You know, there's no, nothing there's I can do nothing. if an invisible demon decides to try to kill me. You're going to swipe also, it air. With aliens, I don't know. There's probably not much I can do because... And that's and that's what I can't stop thinking about in this movie is that I've seen it before and I know what's coming and I know that the the limitations that are on the aliens. But there's scenes in this movie where they start getting into the house and stuff where if you're Graham and if you're Meryl, you're thinking to yourself, they're going to have some weird ray that's going to like burn this house down. I know. Like it's going to suck my soul out or something weird getting into the house and it's like. What are these things? You know, what is going to happen? Just break they're going to the suck us into the spaceship and they're going to yeah. dissect us while we're alive. You know, well, it could be something horrible. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's what, that's what's going on. That's what you're thinking. I don't know. Well, it's more, more like stun, you know, and, and time up or, you know, why are they here? Them. They probably want to study us, stu- study our biology. Harvest. See, yeah. that's the thing at the, I mean, I'm, well, I want to talk about this, though. I know. We got, uh, we got to get into this. We're going okay. on weird tangents. Let's get back on track. <laughs> got it. Um, where were we even at? The alien uh, uh, in the chips yeah, in the alien. night. No. <laughs> um, alien on the roof. And they're just messing with them. You know, that's what I can't oh, stop thinking about. Just These aliens are just throwing yep. a party in this guy's cornfield. Yep. Just hooting and hollering, throwing rocks Here around, jump on the roof, mess Having with them. Fun. And which is also yep. a great scene, you know. Uh, I'm insane No, but they're, you know, it's it's a good scene. I like when, you know, he tells Meryl that he has to, or excuse me, tells Graham that he has to curse. And he's like, it won't sound natural coming from me. And then he does swear. And I, I like that scene. It's a cute scene. Mm-hmm. Um, but then the alien jumps on the roof and ooh, gives me the willies just thinking about it. <laughs> Yeah. And that's and I love because Meryl says it in the next scene. He's like, this guy got on our roof in like a second. And that's yeah. that's very telling. Like, it's a very genuine reaction. That's what you would say. Well, like, and got- I love how he how he's like. I'm pretty strong and I'm pretty fast. 
and I didn't even come close to catching that thing or something like that. Right. You know, you just right. get the sense that this he's guy's like just toying with me. Yeah. 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 You get the sense that he's like, I feel like I'm a person that could protect this family that I can protect myself. And I was very scared because that did not seem like something that I stood a chance against. So it's frightening. But, you know, at this time, these guys really don't believe that it's aliens. They're, they don't want to recognize that there might be something yeah, truly it's the crazy Wolfington happening. Brothers, obviously. Lionel Pritchard and the Wolfington brothers, of course. Gosh, what names? I mean, that's, I know, and that's the thing. That, and that's where M. Night comes in to play. Where it's just like... <laughs> Lionel Pritchard and the Wolfington brothers. It sounds I, it like just, a doo-wop group from the, you know, the 50s or something like that. Oh, yeah, totally. Lionel Pritchard he- headlining with the Wolfington brothers. With you the know? Wolfington brothers. Don't you think that, like, Mrs. Knight Shyamalan might have had something to say? Like, hey, honey, I don't know this seems... Maybe he wasn't married at the time. I don't know. But it just Ooh, seems... sensitive like, subject. <laughs> I'm like, oh, <laughs> <laughs> I don't think, I don't know when he was married, but anyway, it no, seems like I, I somebody would have been like, "Hey, Mr. Knight Shyamalan, like maybe we shouldn't do this, you know? Maybe just don't do the Wolfington Brothers bit. <laughs> it just sounds so stupid. It sounds so stupid. And the thing is, it makes because you were talking about uh, uh, what's her name, um, you know the the Cherry Jones baby. Yeah, Cherry Jones. Um, you're talking about her and how some of her performances. Um, aren't the best or whatever. It's because she has to say Lionel Pritchie in the Wolfington brothers. It's because of the dialogue that was written for her. You know I what I mean? It's not it's, her fault. It's Lionel Pritchard. So you got to get that right. <laughs> well, <laughs> <laughs> I know it's a stupid name, but you got to have respect for it. <laughs> I think I'm mixing up little Richie or little you Richard. Are, Cause it's, uh, it's Lionel Richie. <laughs> Lionel, someone has hurt you. That much is that much is sure or certain. Oh, um, but yes, Cherry Jones, she's doing the best with what she's got. She has that yeah. whole monologue about the lady coming into town just spitting. I mean, she covered the yes. entire store before they showed up. And it was like, oh, I don't know. It's just such stupid dialogue at some points in the movie. And and that's and and you have to take note of it. It's like maybe M Night. I think that this is the film where we start to be like somebody needs to check M night a little bit more because he is a great storyteller. He has incredible ideas and big, you know, big ideas and he has incredible visual direction and he does so many great things as a director. And there's even a lot of really good lines. It's just, I think that he doesn't care about some of it. And so some of the middle stuff is just so crap. Well, it's because it's like, he's gotten man. so famous and he has such a tight schedule that he's writing too fast. Yeah, maybe. And this, I mean, there was big hype for this one, too. It was going to be the next big one. He's doing a movie about aliens. Do you remember that? The next that? Spielberg. Yeah, the next Spielberg. And hits him on the cover of Time Magazine in the corn. It's like, oh, my gosh, this guy. It could be amazing. And this movie is great. So, yeah, um, man, we're <laughs> we're. I love this movie so much. I can't stop talking about just the minuscule things in the middle of it. Um, but minute. Um, but so I love the next scene because they all go to town and Graham's like, okay, we just need to get out of here and take our minds off of this thing. And each character has like a cute little moment where you find out more about them for Graham. It's just, you know, he's lost his faith and he used to be, you know, he used to be a pastor and stuff. And that's great. Um, and then you see, I, I, but I love Meryl's story. 
because Merrill goes into this shop and that is the weirdest dude. Sergeant or Sergeant first class, uh, Cunningham, this guy, get his name. Yep. Ted Sutton. Yeah. SFC Cunningham. Oh boy. (laughs) I am so happy. You know, I just woke up. Um, seriously, it's like they, it's like they had like a bunch of headshots of just hundreds of different actors and they're like, find the one that looks the most like he could be an alien. If this were the men in black universe, he would be an alien for sure. But that guy, I mean, that guy, he, he is the weirdest dude. I know you, you're Meryl Hess. I don't know, that 375 footer over the wall. I was there that day. What, you what are you doing here? What is he? What do you say? What does he say? You no, no, no you, you keep going. You, you what, right. what are you doing here? Why aren't you in the pros getting your toes licked by beautiful women? It's like, what are you doing? You had two minor league records. Five. <laughs> five. Yeah. Five. <laughs> He also had the record for, gosh, that oh. guy is so bad. It's the guy from uh, Wet Hot American Summer. Right. He's like the main guy in that. He also had the record for most strikeouts. Michael Showalter. That uh, is what does not- he say? He's like, Meryl here has more strikeouts than any two players. Looked like a lumberjack swinging down a tree. It's like, oh. Felt wrong not to swing. I hated that. I hate that whole scene to be honest. I hate that whole scene too. <laughs> even, even the stuff, even when Meryl says that, even Joaquin in that scene, I don't like any of it. I think well, that there's yeah. a better way is, to I think do that. He's sandwiched in between just the worst. Oh yeah. You can see, scene. you can tell that Joaquin Phoenix is just like, I am so much better than this. That scene. guy goes <laughs> like, toes licked by beautiful women. And he goes, Oh my gosh. Then the other guy goes, he also has the other record too. And he's like, Oh gosh. Then it gets to his line, and he's like, felt wrong not to swing. I don't know. This Get me out of here, please. Can (laughs) this day of shooting be over? This scene, this is the Can I go, please go back with Mel Gibson (laughs) or Abigail Breslin, please? Um, Um, So anyway, we got, let's get moving through the plot, though. Rather, rather run from an alien in a cornfield and possibly get caught and sucked up into the space or have to sit tied up in a room for 36 hours with um, Ted Sutton with the Cunningham guy, and he he constantly is talking. I'm pretty strong. I'm pretty fast. Okay, I think I can get away. <laughs> I think right. I can get away from that alien. <laughs> no, yeah, I take the alien by far, man. Ted Sutton. Ooh, I, don't I don't even know. I might go Cunningham, <laughs> and he has to narrate. <laughs> he he tells the story of your life. <laughs> oh, oh gosh awful. so anyway, anyway that scene's horrible i hate it um and then the kids go in there and why what is a lady like i think by fact i think we do i think that we do have an it book about aliens and she knows exactly where it is on the shelf it's like lady 13 <laughs> that guy's funny <laughs> that though. whole scene i mean that yeah the, the soda pop thing was fine but for th- that i was just like mr knight why wouldn't you just have like why, why wouldn't they just have an alien book? Like, why, why couldn't they have an alien book? And why would she know exactly where it, it just, it just seemed like that was kind of like, Ooh, this is exactly where it is. I don't know that also, that's a big complaint. I, there's a lot of things in this small gap of time that I think that Mr. Knight thought would be a lot better, but Mr. it ended up. <laughs> sorry. I think it's funny to play Mr. with this Mr. M. Knight. Yeah, Mr. Mr. M. Knight. Knight. Um, but also the pizza where they see, 
Mr. Night Shyamalan, and it's Ray Reddy. Ugh. It's bad. It's no, that scene's fine. That scene's fine. I mean, he gives a good, I mean, there's nothing to do wrong in that scene. I think I loved it. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) It's fine. It's whatever, but it's followed up by one of the, but that's, that's a big thing is that you find out that that guy killed that wife. Mm -hmm. And so they're looking at this dude that killed. Dude. And I, I love watching this movie with people that haven't seen this movie. Like the other night I watched it with Leanna and she hadn't seen it in a long time. And so we got to that scene. Who's that? Like, yeah, she was like, it's my girlfriend. Um, um, but it got to that scene. She's like, who is that guy? And I just kind of sat there and I was like, oh, you'll see, you know, and I just love, I love stuff oh, like yeah. that. It's like, it, it's always just the best. Cause you're like, you're oh, like, you're going to find out. And you're like, I am so excited for you to see this mediocre monologue that he has later on in the movie. <laughs> I'm so excited for one of the, <laughs> One of the most average monologues you've average ever seen. Average moments that you are going to forget tomorrow <laughs> in a movie. Ooh, I can't wait till you find out. <laughs> well, Sorry, it's so funny to think about. Mr. Night Shyamalan. Mr. Night Shyamalan, I think we're going to go with Thomas Jane. Um, yeah, no, I know, right? It's, but that's, and that's the thing. And we'll get to that scene. Um, but the next, the next scene is one of the cutest in the film. And I, I love when they're, they're up on the roof of the car and they're holding the baby monitor up. Well, I, just, just to make sure we catch up and mustard, um, before they go into town, there's the lights on the TV, um, or something at least is happening. I think it is the lights over New Mexico. And that's already happened, which has spawned the kids' curiosity about aliens, and everybody's talking about this thing. And then, you know, they go into town. That's why the kid gets the book. And then they, they come see, back. see there's a thing talking about crop circles on the TV. The lights don't actually happen until later. Until later. Okay, no, yeah, it's, it's the crop circles that have spawned all over yeah, the, yeah. All and over so the world. They, yeah, they are... Everybody else is speculating that aliens are invading, but they're they're trying not to anyway. So but they, you know, they, the baby monitor scene is super cute. And I really love the way that Abigail Breslin car climbs up the car and Mel Gibson jumps on and holds her. It's super, super cute scene. And Meryl does the you lose the signal. And that's and I love I that know. because that's also the moment in which Meryl's in. Like Meryl yeah, he always, he's is always starting. saying these are nerds. He goes on that big rant about right, it. Right. It's just a nerds, whatever. A, and why can't they get girlfriends? <laughs> that was I know. Great scene. Um, I love that scene. It's so cute. Um, but so they get back and they, <laughs> how many times are you going to say cute? <laughs> I don't know. It's there's everything with Abigail Breslin and it is super cute. <laughs> so okay. I'm sorry. That's the word that describes it. Um, but they get back <laughs> And then there's another cute scene, uh, but no, but they're, the kids are sitting there doing dishes and stuff. And he, Graham goes out into the cornfield and this is where the movie gets mm-hmm. oh, so gets going. way too scary for me. Mm-hmm. Too scary. Um, because he goes out into the cornfield at night by himself. Are you kidding me? Come on. What are you nuts? And he goes and makes that speech in the crop circle. And then he comes back and he hears the aliens talking to each other while he's standing like in a lane. Oh man. And then he gets scared, drops a flashlight, hits a flashlight a couple times, turns it on. And what is it? It's the hottest alien leg you ever seen in your entire life. It is, you know, Vogue. It is <laughs> on the cover of you know, it's teens choice. 
you know that that alien was just like, you know, male or female. We don't know what the sex is of the aliens yet, but you know that that's like, that's not like I'm sticking my leg out like on accident. That's like posing legs. That's like, Hey, look at it. Cause it's getting some thigh. It's getting knee. It's getting calf. It's getting quite a bit of leg there. Yeah, a lot of legs showing too much like for an alien. Leg and these aliens don't lo- don't wear any clothes because they're camouflage. Uh, turned off that camouflage for a second though, didn't you? Yeah, He's hot. clearly no, wanted us to see a little bit of that. That scene is horrifying. I it that is, scene. Yeah. It, I mean, it's the grossest thing. Like, I mean, and I you know I hate to use the word gross, but that's that's what you feel. Like you see no, an yeah. alien leg sticking out, and you're like, oh, gross! <laughs> you know? I know, yuck! It just freaks you out, dude. Oh, it's so bad. And that's no, you know, I had to watch scary. this movie. I had to watch this movie in the morning because I just could not handle it at night. I was like, nah, I'm not doing this right now because it would, it would I would have been up thinking about it. Um. So anyway, that's terrifying. And then that's when he goes inside, and he's like, let's turn the TVs. Okay. On. And they see the, all the and lights. That's when the lights. Yeah. Yeah. Um. I mean, and we could, I, I don't necessarily want to break down favorite scene, favorite line, all that stuff, but there's a monologue coming up that is not my favorite line, but it could be yours. So it's mine. Yeah. It's yours. Okay. I thought, I thought it might be, um, won't you just go ahead and, and drop the monologue and set it up because that's, it, that's your moment, you know? Um, so the, yeah, this scene is like. I don't know. I wanted to choose it as my favorite scene, to be honest, because I feel like this time around more than any time before, um, when I was watching this movie, this, this in particular stood out to me the most. And I was like, wow, I, I, f- I just feel like I overlooked this one every single time I watched it until now. And I was like, wow, that is a, it's and, and like I said, in my opening thoughts, just kind of about, mixing science and faith. Um, I think it's amazing what they did. Um, he says, Graham and Merrill are on the couch talking. And what is, what does Merrill say before this? He's like, some, a lot of people are thinking this is going to be the end of the world. And then Graham says, um, he ends up saying this. He goes, people break down into two groups when they experience something lucky. Group number one sees it as more than luck, more than coincidence. They see it as a sign, evidence that there is someone up there watching out for them. Group number two sees it as just pure luck, just a happy turn of chance. I'm sure the people in group number two are looking at those 14 lights in a very suspicious way. For them, the situation is a 50-50. Could be bad, could be good. But deep down, they feel that whatever happens, they're on their own. And that fills them with fear. Yeah, there are those people. There's a whole lot of people in group number one. When they see those 14 lights, they're looking at a miracle. And deep down, they feel that whatever's going to happen, there's going to be someone there to help them. And that fills them with hope. So what you have to ask yourself is what kind of person are you? Are you the kind that sees signs, that sees miracles? Or do you believe that people just get lucky? Or look at the question this way. Is it possible that there are no coincidences? And it's hard to do that one justice, just kind of reading it. But um. one time I was at this party and I was sitting on the couch with Amanda McKinney. She was just sitting there looking beautiful. So I leaned in to kiss her and I realized I have gum in my mouth. So I turned to spit it out, put it in a paper cup. I turned back and Amanda McKinney throws up all over herself. I knew the moment it happened. It was a miracle. 
I could have been kissing her when she threw up. It would have scarred me for life. I may, ne- I may have never recovered. <laughs> I'm a miracle, man. Those lights are a miracle. Those lights are a miracle. The thing is, is that Mel Gibson's speech is so good. Like that is like the epitome of the movie. I mean, that's every single bit of that monologue is beautiful. And it's followed up by such a good bit. Such Such a good good bit. bit. So good. But I mean, talk about your talk about your why you love that that line. But I just had to do. Uh, I had to do. Well, I mean, I mean, I just I think that scene in general, it's just two brothers that are just having a conversation and um, Meryl's kind of just saying like, look, man, like I know you lost your faith and stuff, but like, I I think he's more so just trying to pick his brother's brain because I'm sure his brother was just priest forever, you know? And I can't even imagine having an older brother. That's a priest. Cause it's just like, I don't know. You would almost feel like, Oh, okay. Mr. Perfect. Or something like that. You You know what I mean? Like not, not so much, but like, Oh, well, to an extent, though, and it yeah. and it feels it feels very much like this is a conversation that they needed to have uh-huh. that they haven't yet, and this so is they the haven't moment yet. where they are having this conversation, and they don't go too far in depth with it because I don't think that I don't think that they have that type of relationship where they really break down this big issue stuff. But it is it is quite quite interesting and quite a quite an emotionally f- effective scene um so yeah good choice man i, I love that scene yeah and, I, and but then what is uh what does graham say um right after that because he says i'm a miracle man but then graham goes on to say like there's nothing up there there is nobody looking out for us yeah something he's like, like so that. he's like so what group are you in and then he's like does it matter says something like that and then eventually he just goes on to say, he's like, yeah, there is nobody watching out for us. Yeah. We are on our own. It yeah. says something like that. And that's, it's like, I know M night Shyamalan. He's talked about how there's hints of comedy in this film because a lot of his other films don't have that. And I think that was a great element in this movie. Um, and it really added to it. But when it comes down to this scene, I feel like it's like Graham says that, that uh that monologue and you know um meryl butts in with that little bit of comedy it's perfect and then the way that graham ends that scene is so dark and so it's like all hope has gone out of the room um i just think it's it's just uh it's great storytelling man because it just makes you go ah man this guy is in such a vulnerable place yeah you know, and, and that's and that's a tough thing to witness, you know, regardless of of what uh, what your religion is or what your belief system is, seeing somebody losing their faith like that over a tragedy within their family. I mean, that's it's heart wrenching. It's horrible. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, I think that, it, yeah, it's a beautiful scene. And then that's about the time when they start playing those little clips. I think at the beginning they had showed him driving up. And then that's when they show him talking with Cherry yeah. Jones and she describes what's happening. And he says, uh, Sheriff, she's like, do you understand what I'm trying to tell you right now? And he says, this is the last time I'm going to talk to my wife. 
And that, I mean, I don't know if that, I don't want to, don't tell me if it's your favorite no, scene or not. No, I'm yeah, just going to talk because it's just that right there, even before when he talks to his wife, that right there is, is some of the most beautiful dialogue because it's very simple and it's actually not that great a dialogue. But I think that both of those actors convey the meaning of it so well. Mm-hmm. And it's just, and it's so well acted because Sherry Jones is actually really good. And do you understand what I'm trying to tell you right now, father? This is the last time I'm going to talk to my wife. And he has this, oh man. I mean, Mel Gibson is just freaking mm-hmm. running. You, a did lap. you know that that's the first scene that they filmed? Yeah. And M night had a candlelight candlelight vigil for mm-hmm. the fictional character that was dead. <laughs> well, it, uh, this happened the day after Septon, September 11th. 2001. Oh God, that's right. And now I just made yeah. a joke about it. Now I feel horrible. Um, <laughs> yeah. yeah, well, no, um, <laughs> no, I no, 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 that's right. That's right. That's right. It was right after September 11th. Yeah. Yeah. So. They, they started filming and they were supposed to start filming like, I think on September 11th or something. And right, they right. eventually started on September 14th. But, um, th- this is when, uh, I heard, uh, M night Shyamalan talking about just like how Mel Gibson stepped on set and he wanted to immediately kind of break the ice with Mel Gibson being this crazy emotional actor and kind of just break the ice and say, Hey, let's start with this scene, <laughs> you know, let's get right into it. And that is, yeah, that is, do you notice anything interesting about Mel Gibson's body language? Like he, he has like a slightly like effeminate way about him in this movie. Mm-hmm. And I love it. Like, I love the way he like, the way he holds himself, he has like super, super good posture and he kind of holds his arms out a little bit. It, it's just, it's got this thing about it that I don't know. It's so, I don't know. I just, I just love Mel Gibson. And I think that he, he does such a good job in so many roles. And, and this one, this one's super interesting. And he, it's not like this is the first time that he's done a more, you know, calm down role, but he's, he's very, very sincere and very calm down. And I mean, and that's in contrast to, to movies like lethal weapon or in movies like uh, Mad Max, where he's just like this crazy person or enraged. And he just has so many ridiculous things about him. And that's, that's something about the, this, this fatherly figure that we see Mel Gibson as in movies, not in real life, but he, he holds himself in this, in this esteem and, and in a very respectful way. Um, but he wasn't always like that. I think that, you know, it's just, it's an interesting transition from that acting period in his life. And I think that signs is one of the most representative films that he's done of his transition into his role as an actor. Um, and you know, this is the last movie that he does before he goes and does, uh, the passion of the Christ. Um, and so there's, you know, and he, I guess he just had the Patriot come out not that long ago too. So he does, he does a lot of, uh, a lot of interesting stuff after this. So anyway, this movie, Mel Gibson, I, I love Mel Gibson. I know. Can't talk. He's my favorite actor. What's that? Can't talk enough about him. Yeah. He's my favorite actor. And you know, I don't, I, there's a lot of unfortunate stuff that he's done and said, but I, his acting, I love when he's in movies and I love when he directs movies. Um, but anyway, so moving on, uh, the next, and the next big part of the movie, I guess would be, um, it's, it's this moment where you have Meryl in the closet watching the TV. And then that is running, um, that's running concurrent with the scene where he goes and visits Ray Reddy's house. Graham Mm -hmm. is. And so both of them have the moment basically at the same time where it's like, this is happening and it's Mm -hmm. not good, you know, because at the, at this point, 
sure you know maybe these aliens are just maybe there's a look around it's not anything negative but i mean when he finds that thing in the in the closet i mean that is very i know know, he says it i got the distinct feeling that it wanted to harm me and it's like oh okay this sucks this is not gonna be good you know these things are clearly going to my pantry i locked one of them in there i locked one of them in there it's like you locked what what'd you locked one of what in there I know, and then in he alien? goes in, dude. I would no way. I would go in there. This is ridiculous. I but, might, uh, but before I might, <laughs> but before that, you have Ray Reddy <laughs> and Mr. Night Shyamalan. In Mr. The, Night Shyamalan, it's your time to film. It's your time to <laughs> be. A, be a and I guess that Mel Gibson didn't know that M Night was going to be playing that role, and so he walked out, and he was sitting in the suburban. And he's like, "You're in this scene," and M Night was like, "Yeah, is that okay?" <laughs> <laughs> So, but I mean, the thing is, and that's, and that's this problem with this movie is because this could have been the scene. This could have been the most effective scene in the entire movie. And instead it's just M night Shyamalan delivering dialogue. And you're kind of like, Oh yeah, that's crazy. That sucks. And he's just not that great. Like he's so like monotone and just he's like fine. You know, he's, he's fine. Just clearly not in and he, actor actor you know he's, it, he's exactly just clearly just he's clearly m night Shyamalan sitting in this movie Can every single imagine? time you see him it's like stan lee in all the marvel movies right it's right. it's like okay here's m night Shyamalan and, doing and his thing but he has like a big part in this it's like he takes like the biggest scene this could have been the big thing this could have been the best most emotionally impactive moment in the movie and, and instead it's m night and it's not like he's bad he's fine but can you imagine if you had somebody like I don't know, man, like a Tom Sizemore or something mm-hmm. jumping into this role, or I'm trying to think of any, somebody small, like Paul Giamatti would be, a, you know, but somebody younger, I guess. I don't know. I'm struggling to think of anybody that would be that great, but I mean, Tom Hardy would have been great. <laughs> yeah, sure. But you know, somebody, a smaller actor, but also a really good character actor that could just knock this monologue out of the park and make us all cry. Because when it goes to him, you know, you see him delivering the dialogue, but when it goes back to Mel Gibson, Gibson, he's like, I'm truly sorry for what I've done to you and yours. And Gibson does this thing where he's freaking like crying so hard, he's like, but he he's not, <laughs> he's not letting any of it out. And he's just uh-huh. nodding his head as if to say, I get it. You know, like I understand. And it's, I mean, Mel Gibson's reaction is beautiful in that scene, but he just doesn't have much to work off of. He makes the scene. If, yeah, if you would have had M. Night Shyamalan, whoever is in that character, if you would have had that character doing something similar, stare, but not staring at Mel Gibson, but just staring at the open road, kind of just being like, I'm really sorry. Like, torn up. You know what I mean? Right. Um, extremely regretful. Then, uh, you know, he's like, I've had your phone number next to the phone for six months. Yeah, blah blah blah. I haven't picked it up till now. It's like it seriously sounds like just picking up the script. Somebody first picking up a script and trying to read for this thing. I know. Yeah, it's true, man. It's just it's not it's well disappointing. Done, so it's yeah. It's it's too bad that that happened because that could have been could have made the movie all even more better, um, even better. <laughs> but um, even so more and, better, <laughs> even more better. Let's talk just the you know aliens in the cupboard. And Mel Gibson cuts its finger off. It's horrifying. It's scary. And I like that scene a lot. Very, very 
impactful. But, but let's get down oh. to South America. Let's get to Brazil. <laughs> We're going and... straight to Brazil where it looks like a little boy has had a <laughs> interference or run in with an alien at his birthday party. It's seriously, dude, that is the scariest scene in any movie. That's my number one scariest scene in anything. And you know it's coming every and single you time you watch this movie. You know coming. that the alien's going to walk across. I could watch this freaking thing 20 times in a row. Just this little small snippet. And every time I'm going to go, oh, gosh. Oh. And I mean, a lot of it, a lot of it is Joaquin Phoenix. A lot of it is Meryl, Meryl Hess. A lot of it is his, his acting and scene, too, because he does such an over-the-top performance of, like, of what you would be like. You're like, that's alien. That, yeah. That's alien. Well, you, know what, you know what happens is during when they, were film, when they were shooting that scene, Mr. Night Shyamalan told him that he should dive into the back in, into the coats because before they had just taken just shots of him reacting to it and, like, falling back and stuff like that. But M. Night Shyamalan told him, Go into the coats. Go all the way back into the closet. And Joaquin Phoenix was like, that seems ridiculous, man. And he's like, just do it. And they took that one shot, and that was the last one they did. They're like, that's great. Perfect. And just nailed it. And it's like, that's, and that's, and you know, it's like we harp on M. Night Shyamalan, but he is an incredible director. He's so Mm -hmm. great. Um, It's just, he's had some Tom, I'm going to need a ride home. (laughs) (laughs) 100% the best bit in that entire scary movie three. Um, But, I mean, yeah, that is the most frightening sequence, and it is mostly Joaquin Phoenix's reaction that does it. But man, that alien does look scary. Vamos, children, which in Portuguese it would be vamos, but you know, whatever. So, ooh, smart man. Ooh, that guy's smart. Takes place in Brazil. Joaquin can't speak Spanish. Um, but anyway, so I mean, that's yeah, I can't even go on. That is just it's the most horrible. And you know what the thing is, and M Night Shyamalan directed that whole scene too. He was carrying the, yeah, he, he had the right? camera, yeah. Um, but you know, it's like you're looking past these. There's all these little kids, and they're sitting there pointing at something, and it's just like, mm, my God, what is gonna happen? And then, sure enough, this alien turns, but the alien doesn't just walk by. It turns and like gives like a wide open like, "What up, brah?" and yeah. keeps going as if to say like, "Not scared of you." Like mm-hmm. I, I, I mean, I don't know. It's like he knows that the kids are all looking at him or she. I mean, I don't want to you know assume anything, but um, you know, the alien knows that the kids are looking at it, and it's just like, "Don't care. I'm gonna kill you all." <laughs> Scariest alien ever. I know. Oh, gives me the willies. I can't even. Oh, gosh. It's like I got my back to this whole room. I hate it. There's um, no aliens. Could be. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's, I can see what's behind me in my, in my reflection. Oh, you can or, see your camera, yeah. too. Oh, yeah. So, thank goodness. Um, but yeah, aliens great. would get me. <laughs> <laughs> and, that's, and that's the point where we go into the climax of the film. Um, so, they know that aliens are coming. He kind of shoots out the let's go to the lake idea. The kids are like, nah, we're not doing that. Um, great, cute little scene. You know who we haven't even talked about, though, is the kids. Um, yeah, we really haven't talked about Bo and Rory Culkin. Because, I mean, it's they're kid actors, but they're in phenomenal kid oh, actors. they're great in this movie. And that's something that M. Night Shyamalan, Mr. Night Shyamalan, excuse me, is so successful in. And he has great kid actors in all his films, with the exception of the kid from Unbreakable, who was fine. Um, but, you know, he's got Haley Joel Osment in this. You really don't like that kid. Yeah, no. Um, 
Haley Joel Osment was fantastic in The Sixth Sense, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he has uh, Rory Culkin and Abigail Breslin. And Abigail Breslin will go on to do Little Miss Sunshine and get nominated for an Oscar. And, you know, she's she does great things. Um, so he's very fortunate to have had these, these children in it. And uh, I think that... A lot of the scenes that Abigail's in, she steals for sure. Um, but Rory holds his own for sure as well. And he does a great a great job of... Uh, there's that scene where they're all sitting there and, and he looks at Meryl and he's like, I wish you were my dad. And then Meryl comes back with that. And uh, But yeah, I think that they're both great child actors and I think that they... That's, you know, and they, the, they, they also do... They, they have a really good story as well, you know. The little girl that's always leaving water around and stuff, but she, her and her brother have a very funny little connection. And also, um, you know, Rory Culkin's character is extremely important to this entire thing, you know, and he picks up that book and, uh, you know, the, one of the creepiest scenes is that freaking picture in that book of the farmhouse. And he's like, that kind of looks like our house. And yeah. it's just like the dad and the two kids laying dead. Um, when they, and yeah, little, and uh, what's it? Bo. Bo has that yeah. line. So they can't read our minds or something like that. And they have the little tinfoil hats on. That, that yeah. seems really cute. It's so really funny cute. when he comes home and, and Meryl has the tinfoil hat on. I love that. Right. Right. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it's it's certainly, you know, creepy. And also that scene when um, when he's looking through the telescope and Bo's like, I don't want you to die. And says Who said I'm going to die? That is just like, oh boy. Yeah, that's you getting one of your feelings. She has feelings, and yeah, she and that's has, you like, know, weird. that's something that something that M Night Shyamalan does really well is that he alludes to a higher meaning for all of this. Like this is this is all going to come together in some way, and it does. Um, but uh, so the aliens are going to attack now. It's imminent, and they say it on the news. Like they're thinking that it's going to happen any minute now. Um, so we're all screwed, <laughs> and you know, people are flocking to synagogues and churches and all that stuff. Um, so we're going to do favorite scene, favorite character, favorite line. And I'm just going to start off. And I, I just want to talk about favorite characters real quick, because I think that I think this is really important. Um, so and I actually chose two for mine. I'm going to go with both Wolfington brothers. <laughs> uh, I'm going to go sorry. with Lionel Pritchie. Yeah. Pritchard. <laughs> Dean Pritchard. Oh gosh, it was a good bit. I had to get it out. Um, but no, I uh, I really I really struggled with this, and I was I was trying to decide between Graham and Meryl, um, and eventually I went with Meryl. Um, and I ha- I had a really t- I had a really difficult time because I think that Graham is the dynamic character that that has so much going on, but I really do like. Um, I really, you know, I always like the Samwise Gamgees of the stories where he's the brother that has has come to his brother's aid in a time of crisis. And he's there trying to help out the family and, you know, almost playing father to the children as well. You know, two two men and two little kids, um, like two men and a lady reference. Um, but I just I think that. I think that he is one of the best parts of the movie and Joaquin Phoenix is, is also one of my favorite actors. And, uh, I know it's ran, it's kind of weird that I didn't choose Graham because Mel Gibson is my favorite actor, but, um, and, and this movie, Meryl always just Meryl gets to me in a lot of the scenes. And I think, I think a lot of the things that are going through Graham's mind and the troubles that Graham is having, um, are bounced off of Meryl. Mm-hmm. And so, so you see, you see the, 
you see the effect that this has had on the family through Meryl's eyes. Um, and you know, later on in the story, he's kind of the hero too. And that's mm-hmm. a, that's a big, big reason why. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I think the Graham is Graham is kind of the, the clear choice, but I, I, I wanted to say Meryl just cause I, I, I like I dig Joaquin Phoenix in this movie. And I think, I think he's one of the better parts. So there you go. Well, you should feel bad about that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you kind of said that whole last part like so yeah i don't know <laughs> it's because no i was so undecided no, on this though like but, i had such a difficult time trying to figure out which one was my favorite and i literally almost changed it before i even well, said the it. thing is it's it's just like et man and we did the same exact thing this time that we did last time you know last during et i did the brother that was coming to to uh you know little kid's aid uh, it was elliot um, and you did the main character and this time you did Meryl and I did Graham, you know, I did the best cracker in the film, the Graham cracker. Um, oh, yeah. <laughs> okay. um, yeah, but, dude, I mean, I, I had written down when I, when I watched this, that Meryl was my favorite, but the more and more I thought about it, um, I feel like every time I've probably seen this movie, what, 15 times or something. I feel like all 14 of those times I've gone Merrill clear winner. And this time, since we're doing a podcast on it, I was like, I'm going to go the different route and, um, kind of analyze a character that I haven't, um, analyzed as much. And obviously he's the main character. Obviously it's Mel Gibson. And so it's the best performance you've ever seen, but also just seeing this guy who's dealing with, um, you know, the death of his wife, which is huge. And also he has this internal struggle with faith. And, uh, I think that's something that a lot of people go through, you know, these are very human emotions that, and that he's going through and very raw things. And so I think his character just has so much depth in this film. And also he's trying to take care of an entire family, um, while aliens are attacking the world. (laughs) It's just like, um, it's, he's just such a great character. And there's, like I said, there's so much depth to, to him and, and what he's going through. And I completely agree. I think Meryl, um, Meryl has so much going on as well. And he's just trying to look at, uh, his brother who just lost his wife and be like, how can I possibly help this right now? How could I possibly help the mess that is my brother right now? Because there's really nothing you can do it's, yeah you can well, only do so much for somebody that's lost someone uh at a certain point it's up to them to help themselves you know right right and so yeah man but yeah graham's my favorite but i think just both Merrill and graham as a whole those two brothers hey two weeks in a row two different sets of brothers i know Look gosh, at that's, us. that's funny that we did that we just um, can't help it we just love each other so much <laughs> well and i think that i think that this scene and this isn't my favorite scene oh shoot it's probably it could be yours so why don't we just move forward and we'll do favorite scene um let's do favorite scene and i'll and i'll say mine and then um we'll see what you said so Good. I'll show you mine if you show me yours. <laughs> um, so my favorite scene is they go ahead and they and they board up all the house and everything, and then Graham's saying the nice little things to his children, you know, about whatever. Um, but when they sit down, and, or, and Meryl says something like, "We got to eat fast. I'll make some sandwiches," and then Mel Gibson and Graham says, "No, we're gonna make whatever we want," you know. And chicken teriyaki, bacon, extra bacon, all extra that stuff. Bacon. 
and they get into this argument. I'm not spending one more moment on prayer where the kids want a prayer and Graham does not want to pray. And he kind of has this freak out in front of the whole family and he yells, stop crying at his, at his son. And the little girl stops crying or no, the little girl starts crying. Bo starts crying and he yells, stop crying. And he's like, don't yell stop at her. Crying. And he freaking, if you guys aren't going to eat, then I'm going to have a little bit of everything. And he starts digging into everybody else's food, shoves a bunch of mashed potatoes in his mouth, starts picking at some bacon, tries to put it in and breaks down crying. And it, I, man, that scene I don't care like what is going on in my life. It will bring me to tears every, every single, single time. time I see it yeah. because it's just Mel Gibson's ability to cry in the way that he makes it seem so realistic. And, you know, Mr. Night Shyamalan talks about how it makes it, it's so difficult. It's so difficult to cry and eat at the same time. And Mel Gibson does it in that scene and he makes it, and it just, he doesn't miss a beat in it. And, you know, he grabs the kids Pulls them all in, or no, and the little boy, Rory Culkin, he rocks over and, and he hugs him on his own. And hugs his and dad. And then Bo runs over, and then he grabs Meryl he and grabs drags Meryl him in. He's like, come here, you. And it's just this beautiful moment of, you know, regardless, they've, they've all kind of been throwing stuff at each other because they're afraid and there's crazy things going on. But at the end of the day, they're a family and they love each other. And... You know, and it's and it's really cool seeing the dynamic with Meryl there too. I always I just love the fact that he's this uncle that he's just as much part of the family too, you know. And so I don't know, I'm a big fan of that scene. That's easily my favorite scene in the movie, and uh it's it's fantastic. So boom, there you go. Uh my favorite scene is the same. So don't same one. That. Yeah, same one. Great. It it doesn't get better than that, man. No. And it starts with extra bacon. Extra bacon. It's just I, beautiful, man. I have my like bacon cheeseburger the same way. Extra bacon. Which which meal would you choose though? Probably chicken teriyaki. What does the kid chicken, say? Does he say if it's French chicken toast? teriyaki over rice, like over rice with some mixed veggies, like some carrots and some snap peas or something? That sounds so good. Yeah, that does sound pretty good. Depends on the mood I'm in. Does the boy have French toast? Is that what he wants? I think he has French toast. That's, Ooh, if I'm gonna I just, die, if that was my last meal, I'd have French toast. It upsets my stomach though, so I'd have yeah, to die see, really the quick thing afterwards. Is, I'd have to, yeah, I'd want to die within like forty-five <laughs> minutes, <laughs> or else my stomach is gonna get so upset every time. <laughs> Kill me quick, please. Kill me, yeah. Give me twenty minutes. Let me eat that. <laughs> That's the thing is, uh, you might as well eat something horrible. I would go for like something super spicy, jalapenos, because at the end of it, I'm gonna want to die anyway. It's just like, yeah. just put me out of my misery. Yeah. I'm going to feel like death either way. So, <laughs> right. Right. Um, well, it's perfect. I mean, that's, that's great. So we both chose the same scene. It's the best scene in the movie. Easy, no contest. Um, and I just wanted to give a shout out to, um, the, the, the shout out to this line because it's not my favorite line, but I think it was probably a contender for both of us. Um, and it's also a contender for my favorite scene. And I think it very well could have been, but um, Graham is holding his son and his son is having the asthma attack down in the basement. And he says, don't do this to me again. Not again. I hate you. I hate you. The fear is feeding him. Don't be afraid of what's happening. Believe it's going to pass. Believe it. Just wait. Don't be afraid. The air is coming. Believe. We don't have to be afraid. It's about to pass. Here it comes. Don't be afraid. Here comes the air. Don't be afraid, Morgan. 
Feel my chest. Breathe with me. Together. The air is going in our lungs. Together. We're the same. We're the same. We're the same. And while he's doing that, James Newton Howard is just blaring like the best music ever. And then Joaquin Phoenix is sitting there and it doesn't show what's going on barely at all between Merrill and his son. It's or excuse me, Graham Graham and his son. It's the fate. It's the camera is just completely on Merrill. That is the most creative thing because I I was going to bring that up, too. There's actually there's like two different scenes. Um that Mr. Nice Shyamalan does that in. And it's just, it's outrageous. It's like, it, this is Graham and his son's scene. You know what I mean? Um, this, this is their big scene, but instead it just shows Joaquin Phoenix the entire time. Yeah. It shows, it shows his face and his emotional reaction. And it, for some reason, is like crazy emotional. You know, yeah. it's such a and he's visionary. doing so, he's doing so much face work here. You know? know, he's just sitting there moving his lips and like nodding to himself yeah, like, and like on, blinking on, his on, eyes a bunch. Get her, get her, oh, you know, gosh, man, so like Joaquin Phoenix goes off in that scene. It's so yeah, supporting, good. so good. Yeah, here's something though in that scene because they go down to the basement and they're you know and what's the what's the little boy's name? How come I can't remember what the little boy's name is? Dude, in this movie? I've been doing the same thing this entire Morgan. It's M- Morgan. Morgan. Jeez. Uh, I keep calling him Rory Culkin cause I can't remember his Morgan. name. Morgan. Um, but Morgan says that they're, you know, they will be good problem solvers. Solvers. They're, they'll find a way in. <laughs> um, problem but, solvers. <laughs> problem solvers. Um, but there, he says that, there's a and then Graham says there's a cult there's a coal chute down here they used to pour coal down here and then they're like looking around the basement for the chute isn't this your house <laughs> like, I know have you never big, been in your they, basement they used to pour, pour coal down here I have <laughs> never been down here though since we That's, built this house that part was weird to me I, I and, and it's like I get it it's a and it's, it's a small the thing criticism. is with a light on it's clearly right there yeah exactly with the light on it's like the coal shoots right there there's like handles on it but then you do get the spooky like black alien hand on the on the arm of morgan and that's crazy scary that one got me i remember in theaters like that was yeah you know what's funny though is that this is a huge part of this movie is that it doesn't show the aliens much and the little bit that it does is terrifying and how much have we talked about the aliens in this movie in this podcast, like barely at all. We've talked about the characters like the entire time. And that's, that's why all it's a good about. movie. It's not yeah. about, it's not a movie about aliens. It's a movie about a man whose faith yeah. is challenged and trying to repair this family. It's beautiful. Um, but I think that, I think that the ending is, is great. I think that it's something that Jack talked about on the ready player one podcast that, you know, one plus two equals three. Two plus two equals four. Yeah. Is that what he said? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, I mean, it's the same analogy, right? It's um, sim- Yeah, it's basic math either way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, but, like, you don't need to show me four, you know? Yep. You can sit there and give me the elements, and I'll put it together. Like, M. Night, Mr. Night Shyamalan kind of treats the viewer like they're stupid at the end of the movie here. And a lot of it's for dramatic effect. And I do think the scene is very beautiful. I just think it's a little overdone at a certain point. Um, but I do, I do really love the emotional climax yeah, of the film yeah. and I love the music starts blaring and man, when he turns, you know, they're doing this on TV and they're dancing and stuff. And then he wheels the TV in and you see the reflection, and you see and the, the reflection of holding alien. Morgan. I mean, it's, 
terrifying. Mm-hmm. Um, very scary scene, and I think that I think it's great. I um, kind of wish the alien was a little bit more combative. If that makes sense. I kind of wish the alien was something else, man. That's that's another big part is that the CGI on the alien just does not hold up for me it's it doesn't as hold soon up that as it well shows and then it, he just kind of marches around the room the entire time extremely slowly and like well, he's wounded you know yeah, they, I know, they left but it's they like, left they left earth and they left their wounded behind it's like you guys you are i mean they must be really kind of rough rough crew going on you know they're like this guy's got two fingers cut off Sorry, you're staying behind, but it's like, gosh, dude, what do I have to do? It's so big. I can still hold a cup, you know, like it's fine. I got like three folks. I got eight fingers. It's all good. Oh man. I felt bad for that alien. (laughs) I'm an alien. I have 15 fingers anyway. (laughs) You know, (laughs) I can still squirt poison. I can still go invisible. I still got poison. I have active camouflage. It's all good. I'm just missing two fingers. Yeah. But the thing is, I still think even if he doesn't have a couple fingers or whatever, like, and he gets burned a little bit or whatever, like it's so easy for Merrill to take this thing down. Like just baseball bat. It shows the camera angle. doesn't show the alien even move. And he just like winds up slowly and then just like, boom and hits him again. And I just, yeah. I want to see one scene of like the alien swiping down and like nailing Merrill in the chest and like hitting him against a wall at least or something like right, that. Like, oh, right. they're fighting. You know what I mean? Like, this is a big yeah. battle. And then I think, and that's, and like, I think that's the biggest flaw. It's not necessarily so much a flaw, but I think that that's a flaw that so many people couldn't get over. And for me, I just. I just go with it. You know, it's fine, whatever, um, because that's, you know, that's pretty much fundamental sci-fi flick. You kind of just state what is going to happen, what the rules are within this universe. And I'll just oblige, you know, that like, it's fine. I just, I will go along with it and that's cool. And in this, you know, they, they expose the fact that water is the thing that's the weakness of the aliens and that will kill them. And so in that last scene, where you see the alien and it seems kind of just like a hulkish figure just standing there like, Oh, you're going to hit me with a bat and then I get smashed with water. And it's like, he's not even fighting back, but you just, in your head, you reason this was meant to be, you're supposed to see the bat, swing the bat, hit the water, spray that thing. And it's so weak that then it dies. And I mean, I don't think it's perfect. Um, but I think, I think it makes, it makes a good ending and it's, and it's a very cool it does scene. A, well, yeah, it does a good enough but, job. Like, but this I, you movie, know. I mean, as soon as you start nitpicking this movie, it, I mean, it's a house of cards, like things will just start falling apart. But, and that's, mm-hmm. and that's just because the logic there's so, there's so much focused on the characters that the logic behind the aliens isn't that well thought out. And I don't think that you're supposed to really flesh that out either. I don't think that you're supposed to analyze what the aliens are like because they're not the point of the movie. You know what I mean? Um, but for the climax of the movie, when, when that alien falls against the chest and the, and the water falls on it and you can see it like get burned on the shoulder, it just looks like, like a monkey or something. It, it yeah. just does not look great. And, uh, I don't, I don't know if I remember thinking that when I first saw it, but this time around I was like, Gosh, it would have been nice if they used like a practical effect or something like that, you know? If they if yeah, it wasn't like CGI real, or Yeah, if it wasn't I don't, I don't CGI know. and it, it, it like had a bunch of teeth or something. Yeah, I don't, <laughs> I, don't know. I don't know about that. You know what I mean? Yeah. 
nothing nothing so scary in an alien like a big toothy grin. Um, How about the claw? Bring back the claw. The claw. That'd be good. Um, yeah, I don't know. It it didn't hold up so much at the end for me, but, uh, still, still great scene. Um, I'm trying to think. So like, but as far as like, let's, I want to talk about what happens at the end, um, with his wife. I want to, I want to talk about that scene. Um, but let's just real, no, no, let's talk about the wife stuff. Um, what do you think about that scene when he's talking to his wife and how effective that is? You know, it's like, it goes into Graham's head and you see him kind of freaking out in that moment where he's watching his son be held by this alien. And he flashes back to that moment when, and we've been waiting to get into this moment and where he speaks to his wife, the entire movie, they keep alluding that you're going to find out what she says. Mm -hmm. And it's, you know, she says a cute stuff to the little kids, but then she says, tell Graham to see, tell, tell Meryl to swing away. And I, I, I love that scene. I think the actress, whoever that is, that's pinned on the truck is, is really great. And, uh, yeah. I, I think that Graham does a great job too. Mel Gibson obviously is very emotional. I'm here. I'm here. You know, like that's know. like the holding and oh man, he, I mean, it's, it's a stellar scene. It's beautiful. It's incredible. No, it really is incredible. No, I, yeah, I love that scene. And I've and never makes, for a second questioned them. the acting of that. Yeah, of no, totally. uh, whoever she was and um and then you know mel gibson i think it's it's just great that and it that makes that it's very scene, emotional and it makes that scene so much more effective when it comes back and it's the and it shows him slowly look at the bat and then it shows meryl swing away meryl and it's i mean it's it's pretty much a fist pump moment you're like yes this is sweet so i mean it's it gets good. It's it gets good, and then also how uh, Morgan's lungs were closed, and mm-hmm. they, the poison didn't get in. I think that that's very awesome. And when Morgan wakes up, this was also a contender. This was almost my favorite line, but I decided to go with what Meryl said instead, um, where he says, "Did somebody save me?" And Mel Gibson says, "Yeah, baby, I think somebody did." And it's like the calling of your child baby is just such a good, mm-hmm. I don't know. It's, it's kind of like that effeminate thing. Like he said, mm-hmm. he just, he holds himself in such an interesting way in this movie. And yeah, baby, I think somebody did. And he's like, he's doing that like Patriot cry almost when like he Ledger dies. Mm-hmm. And it's just, oh gosh, it's so good. And there's like the slow-mo capture over to Joaquin Phoenix and Abigail Breslin. Everybody's crying. And it's just, it's an incredible ending, incredible scene. And then you see, you know, end of the movie is Mel Gibson. putting Mel Gibson putting, putting the priest, uh, Putting the minister stuff back on, so ministers, yeah, minister stuff. I don't, back I don't know, on. was it priest or minister? I can't remember, but um, something, yeah, but uh, yeah, great movie, and I couldn't love it more. And I think that James Newton Howard is, I don't know, man. It's like between Mel Gibson, James Newton Howard, and M Night Shyamalan, like who did a better job in this thing? <laughs> you know, I mean, I guess Mister Night Shyamalan because it's his movie, but I mean, probably say Mel Gibson. It's true. I don't think this movie would have been nearly as good if they had anybody else. What if he, what if Mel Gibson just wouldn't have signed on and they just got Bruce Willis? I don't think it would have been as good. I, <laughs> it, wouldn't, uh, it wouldn't have been as good. There's Clint no way. Eastwood was the one that they wanted. Really? Yeah, and they thought he was too old. They decided to not go with him. I think he turned it down too, though. So yeah. I don't think he would have been very. I don't think he would have been as good. Yeah. Um. 
Before we before we end this thing, though, I do want to ask you just what you thought of the aliens overall. I mean, I know that we kind of we kind of talked about them a little bit, like, but what I think of com- aliens or the aliens, in the this? aliens in this movie, like compared to other aliens in other films, and you know this this director's choice to portray these aliens in this way. Um, you go ahead. What what do you think? Did you think well, that they were viable? Did you did you like them? I thought that they were very scary looking. But, I think um, I think if aliens had the technology to get all the way here, they would have assessed this planet and seen that it was made up of water or something. They would know their weakness. Um, I think of so some too. sort. I think so and, too. And uh, as far as the hostility, I think that's totally possible. I think one of the creepiest things about this movie is that um, that radio show that they uh, kind of have on in the background near the end. This guy says. A lot of people were killed. They also took a lot of people. And that is just like creepy to me that they like, they literally just came to harvest. Um, that is just so freaking creepy because you immediately just think about those people and how awful that would be to be one of the ones <laughs> that they just took. I mean, they probably just kill them, I guess. And then, mm, yeah, I don't know, but you never know, man. I mean, it's yeah. just, uh, it's easier to, it's easier to continue scientific research on something that's alive. So mm-hmm. I would imagine there are people that got, that were left alive during whatever. Um, yeah, I mean, being so, yeah. abducted by aliens is in my like top three things that I don't want to happen to me. <laughs> yeah. I think I would love to see aliens like see an alien, but I would definitely not want to be abducted. Oh yeah. You want to run into ET. You don't want to run into these guys. Kinda. I feel like I want to run into, I don't know what kind of alien I want to run into like a cross between these and ET, I guess. Cause I, I feel like if aliens show up, I don't want them to be completely like cute and friendly and cuddly. Want a little bit of, you know, want some thicker skin than that. First contact with a Vulcan. Yeah. I mean, it'd be sweet. I mean, but yeah, I definitely don't want like complete end of world (laughs) stuff. (laughs) So yeah, yeah, no, Um, I agree. I think, I think you're right though. I think that these, I think these aliens are, they're very scary and I think the design of them is very good. It's just the CGI doesn't play very well at the end, but yeah, I think if they're going to come all this way, I think that they would have assessed our world and known it a little better. Well, and our not... world is what? Uh, what's the percentage of water? Isn't it like 90% water? Yeah, I mean, we live in a completely like hydrogen-based world. You know, like it's... I mean, this is... It's it's all water. It's all yeah. your weakness. So... Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, just in the atmosphere the probably... Even the atmosphere would have affected them horribly, uh-huh. I would think. Um, so, you know, it's like oxygen would freaking kill you um, how are they breathing well maybe not though I, I guess maybe not um i don't i don't know i don't know we could go into we could look a lot of this stuff up but um and also you know it's like is poisonous gas the only thing that you have um i mean obviously they're an alien culture and so we can't really understand what their world is like and you know things like doors are something that are pretty common to us, but they can't figure out how to open a locked door. They have like zero tools because they just don't need them or, you know what? It just seems like they'd have some sort of tool that they were nice Shyamalan's aliens. 
Exactly, exactly. You know what and I mean? And that's the is, thing is he was focusing on the story. He wasn't focusing yeah. on the aliens. And that's yeah. And when as soon as we start, you know, picking at this, it's just going to fall apart because the aliens were not well thought out, but they are very scary. Oh boy! Very but good we purpose. got some more aliens to cover, and uh, I they're think they're be, they are a little bit better. There's some good <laughs> ones. ones. Yeah. What are we doing good. next? Um, are we I don't doing? Even know. I mean, we could do. I mean, I put a little vote out there. There's a lot of different. A lot of different suggestions. I think Starship, Starship Troopers, Troopers is Men that in, one's that one's up there. Um, Predator was also a good one that I thought. Predator is a great call. A lot of people are saying we should do Alien. A lot of people think we should do Alien. Um, I love that movie. I just don't really feel like watching it. Again. Well, you know, it totally depends on how long we want to run with this thing. So I think yeah. uh, we have a lot of amazing possibilities, and and I'll keep. Uh, and uh, yeah, I'll I'll keep sending out little polls until we can kind of narrow down some some great ones. But I know for sure we're doing Independence Day, July fourth. I know that's that right. we got to keep this thing going until then because uh, yeah, that's right. You know, I mean that's that's how we gained our freedom. <laughs> you know, it's uh, mm-hmm. a historic movie. That is <laughs> yeah, the War ninety seven man. War ninety seven. Um, Will Smith saved us all. Um, Actually, cousin Eddie. Cousin Eddie mostly did it. Okay, well, let's ask the standard question here, Mr. Diggs. Would you rather watch this movie or School of Rock? Uh, oh, boy. I don't know. That, this, this, this time it's so hard. This one's a little bit harder for me. Ah, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I'm stumped. Um, it sucks. <laughs> I know. I know. Me too. Because I'm the actually thing is, torn. If I this, love movie this movie weren't so freaking scary, I probably would. But I can't watch yeah, this movie all the time. I think it's probably School of Rock. Because this movie just scares the bejesus out of me, man. But it's like Battle of the Bands or Swing Away. I don't know. School of Rock, no doubt. School of Rock, 100%. No doubt. <laughs> I, I think I probably would rather watch School of Rock. I think I would, too. <laughs> Terry Jones or Freddie Jones? <laughs> what do you want? It's so dumb. Mel it's Gibson so dumb. or a Gibson guitar, baby. You know what I'm saying? Hey, baby, here we go. Say it, baby. Say it, but you're preaching to the choir over here, baby. Oh, uh, gosh. Um, but, okay, here's the deal. I, I think that I, I'm just going to speak on this one because I usually would ask you who you think Jack Black could be better as, but it's the most clear answer of anything we've ever talked about in the history of this podcast. Jack Black would serve this movie better if he were Ray Reddy. Ah. Oh. Yeah, man, you put him in the replace of Mr. Night Shyamalan. And I feel like it would have just been a better vibe on set anyway. You know what I mean? Even if the scene wasn't a hundred times better or something like that, you get Jack Black in a Chevy and see what happens. You know what I you mean? What? You get him and Mel Gibson in a, in a, on a freaking set together. Right. I think it's magic. Well, and I think that they could have turned that into, you know, kind of the Jack Black being um kind of hiding from the answer like kind of kind of being a little bit scared and self-conscious and doing the you know well in 
she was running, but it, and the thing about it, 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 and doing like kind of a stutter whole yeah. speech, you know, I think that that could have been that could have been really good. And then he's like, you know, had to be that moment. Rip a do. I don't know. Talks about talks classic Fleegan Geegan, but um, you could fit it in there somewhere. Just keep flashing always, back to so Mel the Gibson's thing is, face. The thing is, I can crying. say like, we don't need that in the movie. He'll find a way. He He'll would. find a way to fit that into the script, and it's going to be flawless. Yeah, that guy is something else. That Jack okay, Black. Well, that's that's the. I think that's basically the entire point of this whole podcast is that Ray Reddy should have been Jack Black. So great. All right. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think of anything else that I, I wanted to say about this movie, but uh, I think that I think that's about it. Signs is it's a beautiful movie, and I think that the title, you know signs like literal crop circles and then signs from above that there is somebody influencing the world around you or mm-hmm. that everything is supposed to be the way it is and the character finding that out and i think it's beautiful beautiful ending love it just beautiful i agree one, one of yeah. the best movies ever so um, um well great guys uh we got a lot of social media stuff going on I'm trying to be more active on facebook follow us at professor jones we also have the instagram account flowing out and it's called professor jones pod or professor podcast excuse me and uh we're trying to get some more work going on on twitter what, what's your name on twitter now uh i'm bro underscore digs and then uh we're professor underscore jones on twitter Twitter's right. a funny game, man. Um, it's a weird thing. It's like seriously the first time that I've ever interacted with Twitter, but it's fine. I'm just now, 2018, getting the professor into Twitter, and uh, it's it's different. Twitter's a whole different thing, and I, I it still confuses me. I feel like I'm the you know sixty year old looking <laughs> right. at the phone, going you know, or seventy year old looking at the phone, going, I don't know how this thing works. Um, I've been tweeting at Trump a lot, trying to see if I can get a retweet. Oh my that gosh! Really... Well, I guess that's a way to start. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Seriously, the president retweeted something we said. If I had a good zinger, that there you Mr. Have Trump it. was like, "Hey, it was a good one." Something about aliens attacking. Something about aliens attacking. I like it. Um, yeah. yeah. I basically just tweet about basketball, but it doesn't seem <laughs> like many just people basketball. like it. Mostly just basketball. <laughs> But um, anyway, we appreciate any support that you guys can give us. Um, like, share, please subscribe, and if you want to leave a review on iTunes, that would be that would be awesome. Um, but you know, just any continued support is much much appreciated. So, thank you so much for listening, guys. Until next week, we'll be living our lives a quarter mile at a time. Wait, I know you. You're Merrill Hess. Professor Jones and the Digs. Professor Jones and the Digs. Professor Jones and the Digs. <laughs> <laughs>